The killing of Colton Bushi and the trial of Gerald Stanley raised concerns about crime and racism across Canada. But the RCMP also faced scrutiny from the start, and new reports offer condemnation of how police handled the homicide investigation and how they treated Bushi's family. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. Saskatoon Star Phoenix reporter Thea James joins me to discuss why these reviews were conducted, what the reports into the RCMP investigation dug up, and what it means to Bushi's family. Don't forget you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite shows. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So, Thea, nearly five years ago, 22-year-old Colton Bushy was killed on a farm in Saskatchewan. For people who don't remember, I'm hoping you can catch us up on what some of the broad details of that case were. Just to get everybody up to speed, on August 9th, 2016, Colton Bushy and four of his friends went to a swimming spot near Red Pheasant First Nation, where he lived. So on the way home from the swimming spot, their SUV got a flat tire, and eventually, after a series of events that happened, they ended up on Gerald Stanley's farm. There was a commotion that ensued, and Gerald Stanley went to a shed, came back with a handgun. By that point, Colton Bushy was sitting in the driver's seat of the SUV and sustained a single gunshot wound to the head and died. Colton was 22 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. So the shot was determined to have come from Gerald Stanley's uh, gun. He was charged with second degree murder uh, pretty soon after that. At trial, Gerald Stanley testified that he'd fired shots into the air and said the gun just went off. In February 2018, after a trial, Stanley was found not guilty. Notably, the jury was visibly all white. That element, in part, led the federal government to ban peremptory challenges, mm -hmm. which moved the power to bar jurors out of lawyers' hands and gave judges more power to bar jurors. The other element that was important is the issue of racism, most specifically anti-Indigenous racism, which has been an ever-present issue over the last almost five years and quite noticeably on social media. I remember watching the trial, watching the coverage of Gerald Stanley's trial, the verdict and the concerns about the jurors. There was a lot of scrutiny on the case, but outside of the trial, the police investigation itself has been heavily scrutinized. Why is it that people have been so focused on how the RCMP handled the investigation? Well, from the start, there were questions about the way that RCMP disseminated the information about the incident itself. The RCMP's press releases were heavily criticized, even within the first week after Colton Bushi died. So information was coming out in bits and pieces. And the first ones focused on the fact that five people had entered the property and the owners didn't know who drove onto the property. But there was a verbal exchange. A firearm was discharged. An occupant of the vehicle was struck. But there was really no information about who was holding the gun at the time in those initial releases said the man was declared dead at the scene. Another man associated with the property was arrested. Charges weren't immediately laid. But crucially, it was noted that three occupants of the vehicle were taken into custody as part of a related theft investigation and that they were seeking a fourth male. So the focus on that was criticized because on social media, there were people already using that information to justify use of violence 
and they were talking about rising rural crime and they were blaming indigenous people for it. Mm-hmm. This came although Colton Bushi's family in that very first week were explaining that Colton Bushi and his friends had a flat tire and they ended up on the property because of that. Yeah. The FSIN connected the dots between the information provided by RCMP and the conclusions that were being made. So they identified the media releases as being problematic. So just this week, two reports into the police investigation have been released. Who asked for these investigations and why were there two of them? So the first report was requested by the family. December 2016, Colts and Bushi's family filed a public complaint to the RCMP, raising concerns about how his mother, Debbie Baptiste, was treated the night her son died. That investigation led to RCMP internally clearing themselves. So uh, Colton Bushi's uncle filed a public complaint to the Civilian Review and Complaints Commission to review that internal investigation. So that's the source of that first report. The second report came as a result of the commission itself launching a public interest investigation, asking four questions specifically related to the RCMP's conduct of the investigation. So was the investigation reasonable? Did members follow their training? Was the training policies, procedures themselves reasonable? And lastly, did the RCMP members or other people who work for RCMP did their conduct amount to discrimination on the basis of race or perceived race? So that forms the basis of that second report. And when it comes to the findings in the investigation requested by Colton Bushi's uncle, what were the main findings? Well, for one, the commission found that the way the RCMP officers surrounded Debbie Baptiste's home and executed the search, they found that that wasn't reasonable. So, in short, seven RCMP members surrounded her home, directed their headlights at the house, and were visibly holding their carbines. In the second finding, second main finding, the search itself was deemed to be not reasonable because there was no search warrant and police didn't get informed consent in absence of that search warrant. So they started the search before trying to get that consent. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that the family could have been told and should have been told why they needed to search the home, the purpose, and the fact that they could have said no because police had no warrant. There was also issue with the uh, next of kin notification. The finding was that the next of kin notification, the way it was done was so insensitive that it amounted to discrimination. Lastly, the finding regarding the media releases that I mentioned previously, it was found that by releasing them in bits and pieces, the information, a reasonable member of the public could assume information about Colton Bushi that wasn't accurate. And by doing this, it caused the family pain. What do you mean when they say that RCMP treated his family in a discriminatory way? Like, what were they doing when they were doing the next of kid notification at his mom's house that went into that realm of discriminatory treatment? So what happened during that next of kin notification was right after they told Debbie Baptiste that her son had died, members ended up questioning her about whether she was drinking. So Hmm. that 
plus the search of her microwave or the opening of her microwave to verify that she had actually put her son's dinner in the microwave. Those two things were at the heart of that finding. In the report, it comes up that one or more RCMP members smelled Debbie Baptiste's breath, asked her whether she was drinking. It was found that she was told to get it together after she had collapsed to the ground when she was told her son died. Hmm. After she told them that she had put Colton Bushy's dinner in the microwave, somebody checked the microwave. So that led to the finding that at first view, not only did the members' actions show little regard or compassion for Debbie Baptiste's distress and pain, the commission found that it compounded her suffering by treating her as if she was lying. I can't imagine having been told that your son is dead and then being told to get it together or being asked if you've been drinking or any of those things. Some pretty awful allegations there. What about the other investigation, the one that was generated by the commission itself? What did it uncover? So that investigation found that although the overall investigation into Colton Bushy's death was professional, there were some key issues. So failing to protect the vehicle that Colton Bushy was sitting in at the time he was shot, that plus a delay in obtaining the search warrant for the property led to the loss of blood spatter evidence after it rained. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, the commission found that it was also not reasonable for two constables to attend Colton Bushy's wake to provide an update on the investigation, as well as They found that RCMP had destroyed communications, that is recordings and transcripts of telephone calls and radio communications from the night that Colton Bushy died. Those transcripts of those recordings and those recordings, those were communications between officers. I understand from reading some of the coverage of this that the RCMP has said, well, these communications were destroyed after two years, as is policy, that after two years, they destroy all communications. But do we know why they would have destroyed communications knowing that there were investigations and a lawsuit ongoing? In short, they indicated to the commission that they believed these records had no evidentiary value to the criminal investigation. So that investigation into Colton Bushy's death and relating to the charge against Gerald Stanley they deemed it had no evidentiary value. Hmm. So on the two-year anniversary of the creation of these documents, they destroyed them. So one of the most prominent pieces to this story when it initially happened, and we discussed it earlier, was that Colton Bushy and his friends were engaged in some kind of theft or property crime at the Stanley property. Did the CRCC look into that and how those allegations got out there? And what did they find regarding RCMP communications on that bit of the investigation? Well, what I can tell you is that the commission found that there was no evidence that Colton Bushy participated in any property offenses. What they did find was that there was no evidence he exited the vehicle or even went near any property on the Stanley farm. They found that two of his friends did get out and jumped onto an all-terrain vehicle in the yard before Gerald Stanley and his son confronted them. They found that the friends got back into the vehicle. That's when they tried to drive away. Vehicle got stuck. Two of the friends left. And that's when Colton Bushy went from the back seat into the front seat to try to drive the vehicle away. And 
that's when the shooting happened. The RCMP has faced a lot of criticism in the intervening five years since Colton Bushy's death. What has the RCMP said about the findings of these investigations in particular? For the most part, Commissioner Brenda Lucky accepted the findings. There are notable exceptions, particularly that she didn't agree that the decision to surround Debbie Baptiste's home was unreasonable. Uh, She also had a couple of findings that she disagreed with. They were more staffing related. The CRCC itself commented on the commissioner's response. They thought that she said very little about the issues at the heart of the case. And most of the response was devoted towards more minor and technical points. So the RCMP seemed more concerned about some of the minor procedural points than about broader concerns about racism in its own investigation. The CRCC commented that the response from RCMP did focus on those logistical and technical issues at length, but they didn't really address the important issues at heart in the same way. So they saw it as a misopportunity for the RCMP to take responsibility for the way in which Colton Bushy's family and friends were treated. After living with this for five years and losing a son, losing a loved one, having concerns about the way the RCMP conducted themselves through the investigation. And I mean, ultimately the acquittal of Gerald Stanley as well was a blow for Colton Bushy's family. What have they said about these reports, the findings that were made about the RCMP? At Monday's media conference held by the FSIN, Debbie Baptiste spoke. And one of the things she said was that, quote, I did not deserve to be treated the way I was treated. She also encouraged other families facing injustices to continue their own fight. Her brother Alvin spoke about protecting his family, and he said that's why he filed the public complaint. He spoke of seeing the hurt in his sister's eyes when she told him about what happened at the house, and he said it wasn't right. Out of all of this, I imagine that there is a sense that people may want change in how the RCMP conducts itself in investigations like this. Has there been any political response, either provincially or federally, about this whole matter? There has been a response federally, for sure. At a media conference on Monday, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said that he would be directing Public Safety and Emergency Preparedness Minister Bill Blair and RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky to make sure things move forward in a better way and give proper thought on how best to respond to Colton Bushy's family. The Federal Indigenous Services Minister this week also said that Canadians are impatient to see action from RCMP. So there is a recognition that change needs to come. On the provincial level, Premier Scott Moe has spoken of concrete steps that are coming soon related to policing oversight. What those steps are, what that entails, is not yet clear. But as far as what the province has said, uh, that's where it stands right now. I know that it's an important story. The reports brought back a story of national importance to the minds of Canadians, and I know we'll be watching uh, closely what happens over the coming months. Thea, thanks for your time. Thank you. 10-3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Thea James. More from her at thestarphoenix.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. 
Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.